Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Sit back and relax and listen to today's message and be blessed. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 9, I'm reading from the 24th verse to the 27th verse. Here beginning the reading of God's word. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one gold. You, you're after that. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard to finish. I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everybody else about it, and then missing out myself. I'm going to read that part again. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everybody else about it, and then missing out myself. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, and we thank you for this time that we are gathered together in your house today. And we're asking, Lord God, that you will open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear what your spirit will have to say this morning to your people. Father, we pray that you would speak a rhema word, a right now word, to our circumstance, Lord God, and that you would give us all that we need on this very day. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Send your provision now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to tell your neighbor, neighbor, take it to the end zone. I want you to try to tell somebody else, say, neighbor, take it to the end zone. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is Super Bowl Sunday. This is a day when this is the most watched and anticipated game of the year. Football, all the different commercials, all the different artists that, that are singing, it is truly a fantastic and a phenomenal day. It's a day when we will see the 49ers versus the Ravens. And we will see this, 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 this game take place on a football field. A football field is very much like that of a battlefield. You have to understand that when it comes to sports, it's almost mimicking a war. Two teams, two opponents coming one against the other. And so when we look at the football, football field, I see a battlefield. I see a battlefield that has two end zones. The end zone is the goal line. One on your left, one on your right. Whoever crosses that end zone makes a score. Victory is won. Whoever crosses that goal line, whoever crosses that, that, that end zone, makes the score for their team. I believe that God is calling us today to take it to the end zone. Last year on Super Bowl Sunday, I preached a message called Living in the Red Zone. Now let me explain to you about the Red Zone. The red zone is the 20-yard line before the end zone. 
The red zone, the reason they call it the red zone, because that is where the heat of the battle takes place, in that red zone. In that red zone, I call that the uncomfortable zone. It's the zone where anything can happen. As you watched many football games in the past, many Super Bowl um, games in the past, many things happen in that red zone. One moment, one team can be winning, and you think, oh, it's in the bag, they got it, and then all of a sudden in that red zone, something happens, the next thing, the other opposing team gets the score. And I believe that God is calling us today not just to live in the red zone, but God is calling us to take it to the end zone today. See, last year, I, I, I called last year making it through the red zone. Because some of us, we're just in a, in a, in a, in a make-it mode. We're, we're just surviving. We're just trying to get by from day to day to day. We, we, we have a desire to do more, but we find ourselves stuck in the red zone. And God wants us to make a score and press towards our goal in the end zone. Amen? Amen. The red zone is the unknown zone. It's the zone where we don't know what's going to happen. The Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. So there will be times when you cannot see what's up against you. There will be times when you see things in the natural, but God tells you something in the supernatural. But he wants you to walk by faith and not by exactly what you see. As we talk about this year being our banner year, that it is a year of, of breaking barriers, a, 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 a year of exploring um, new frontier, uh, a year of exceeding expectations, that means that he's going to cause us to come out of our comfort zones. He's going to cause us to take it to the end zone. Some of us, we have been stuck in a place where we want to see change. We want to see God do great things. We want to do great things for the Lord, but we find ourselves stuck. And life can do that to you. Come up with all the worries, with all the concerns, with all the different things that come against you and now on a daily basis, life can cause us to get stuck. How, have you, how many of you have been stuck before? Have we just been coming? Be honest. We all should be raising our hands and feet and, and jumping jacks and everything. Life can cause you to be stuck sometimes. Stuck in a rut where you were on your way. You were progressing towards the goal. But yet something stopped you. Your opponent stopped you. Your opponent just snatched up everything that you were running towards. And next thing you know that you're stuck in the red zone. God wants us today to come out of this place. He wants us to come out of this place of, of pressure. Because in the red zone, there's nothing but pressure. The heartbeat is beating fast. You, you, you're trying to make it towards the end, and then all of a sudden everything seems like it's trying to stop you from getting towards what God has set for you. And you better believe that we had a great time this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We had an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. Do not think that your spiritual enemy, your opponent, is just going to sit there and just let you just take it like that. But you better believe that there is a war going on. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. That means that we have to be passionate and purposeful in our living for Christ, and we have to have a mindset that we're going to take it to the end zone. We're going to make that goal line. We're going to make it to that place so we can have the victory that God has in store for us. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 
That means no matter what obstacle, no matter what trial, no matter what trouble comes your way, that because of Christ and because of his spirit, you are enabled, you are empowered to do that which you cannot do in yourself. Some of you say, well, Pastor, I tried to do this goal. You know, every time of the new year, we make our new year resolutions. And one thing the Holy Spirit said to me this year, he said, it's not going to be a new year resolution. It's going to be a new year's revolution. Because it's time for some of you to have a revolution. It's time to stop making a resolution because it doesn't stay. <laughs> you make the goal January 1st. And by the time February 1st comes, well, we just passed February 1st, the goal goes out the window. And the passion begins to wane, and everything is to go, begins, to, begins to go wax cold. But God is calling us this year to keep the passion. He's calling this year to take it to the end zone. Don't get stuck in the red zone. Go to the end zone. It's time for you to go all the way. This week, during this time of prayer and consecration for this church, it was us saying, God, we want to go all the way. We want to take it to the next place. We want to take it up another notch. But God is saying to us today, okay, I hear your prayer. I'm with you. Now go all the way. There have been many instances in Scripture where God's people cried out to their creator. And God poured his spirit upon them. And he led them. And he said, hey, I hear your cries. I'm going to bless you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you a wealthy nation. I'm going to open up the doors. I'm going to bring down the walls. I'm going to make mountains, plains before you. I'm going to do all these great things for you. And I say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, we're at the threshold of the blessing. But he says, now you've got to take your commitment all the way. Let this not just be lip service. Let this not just be a one-time, a one-moment thing. A wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Let this thing be something that's internal. You have to make sure the experience that we have this week is not just something that just happens and then that's it. We want, it, we, we, we want to have the counselors like that all the time. We read the book of Acts. It wasn't just the book of Acts of the Apostles, it was the Acts of the Holy Spirit. You see the power of God moving just about every other chapter. God is doing something. And I believe God is still moving by His Spirit today. And if you don't believe that, you shouldn't have been here on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Because you have got a dose of Holy Ghost. Amen? <laughs> but God is here. And He's calling us today to take it all the way. I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Chronicle. This is a very familiar portion of Scripture. And as I read it, it reminded me of our experience this very week. But there was a challenge and there was a lesson to be learned from this Scripture. As your homework, yes, I give homework sometimes. Read the whole chapter, 7 of Second Chronicles, but I'm going to paraphrase some of the scripture that's here just for the sake of time. Amen? Okay. The Bible says this was the time when Solomon, this is King David's son, David was called to build the temple, but because of his disobedience, God said, you shall not build the temple, that your son Solomon will complete the work. Amen? Sometimes because of our disobedience, we won't get to fulfill all that God called us to do, and he'll pass it on to your children, to the next generation. Amen? Some of you are doing some things your parents didn't do. So you, you're going to do it for your generation. Amen? And so here is David. Here's Solomon. He finished building the temple. And chapter 1 says, When Solomon finished praying, 
fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. It sounds like what happened this week. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground. That sounds like Friday, Thursday. And they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good and His love endures forever. And as you read, they had this wonderful encounter with God. They built this monstrosity of a temple for their Creator. And, and, and they bought all these offerings. They bought so many offerings that the very bin they built to put the offerings in, the sacrifices, they could not fit. They had to go outside and, and consecrate land to put the offering. It was so much stuff that came into the Lord's house that day. That's how powerful the moment was. They celebrated so much that they celebrated for 21 days. It was a seven-day celebration, then a seven-day feast, then another seven-day commemoration. So for 20, we spent about three days. 21 days, they celebrated. Day and night, there was no work. Everybody was just at the temple celebrating and loving the Lord. The Bible says as you continue to read, amen, as you continue to read, after, after, at the end of, what am I say this? When Simon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do for the temple of the Lord, this is verse 11 now, he in his mind um, to do for the temple of the Lord and his own path, the Lord appeared to him. He said, I've heard your prayer. Now the glory came down. The people had this wonderful encounter. He sent the people home. And when he went to sleep that night, God spoke to him. He had a dream. And God said, I've heard your prayer, have chosen this place for myself as a temple. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send plague among my people, if my people, here's a command portion of scripture, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. This was a promise that he was giving to them. He said, when stuff begins to go haywire and crazy, if you just humble yourself and repent, I'll turn everything around. I'll turn everything around. But as, as you continue to read that scripture, but he says, if you do not turn from your wicked ways, if you do not turn your heart back to the Lord, he said that I will remove my spirit from this temple. He said, as a matter of fact, I will desecrate this temple. As a matter of fact, I will allow you to be taken into captivity. As a matter of fact, I will make you a byword. I will make you a disgrace to the nations. Because his thing is, he's not going to bless mess. Amen. And so we are in a place today where God is saying that we are at a threshold. You prayed out. You cried out to God. God poured out his spirit. He filled you. He touched you. But what are you going to do now from this day forward? It reminds me in the book of Joshua where it says, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Joshua said for me, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. But we see it in Israel's history time and time again when they came to a momentous occasion, but they failed to fully commit themselves to the Lord. They didn't make it to the end zone. They got stuck in the red zone. And then they lost everything that God had given them. And so what are you going to do today, my brothers, my sisters? Are you going to take it to the end zone? Are you going to go all the way? Are you going to go to that place that God has in store for you? There are many instances in Scripture where God reaches out his hand towards his people 
to say, I'm here. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to heal you. I'm here to do great things for you. But it always comes to a point where we have to make a decision in our hearts that we're going to go all the way. What an awesome song we just sung before before we brought forth this message today, that there is no turning back, that we're moving forward. Is that really your prayer today, that you really want to move forward, or is it just lip service? It just sounds good, but you have a drummer, we can move to the deep, woo, it's great. But are we really serious about our commitment to Christ? Because there are going to come days where you're not going to feel God. You're not going to feel his spirit. There's going to be days where you ain't going to feel the glory coming down and falling on the floor and speaking in God's tongues. There are going to be days when you feel irritated. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like reading the word. You open up the Bible. It feel like you're reading Chinese. You don't even understand what's going on. But in that time, are you going to still talk to him? In that time, are you going to fully commit yourself to him? See, that is having the attitude of taking it to the end zone. Because it goes deeper than a feeling. I've been married. This will be my left fear of marriage. By the grace of God. Hallelujah. When I first got married, we called that the honeymoon phase. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. You, you just feel like doing everything, right? Go give me a cup of water. Sure, honey. Go get you a cup of water. Here you go. And everything is still so, make me breakfast in bed. Sure, honey. And you just, just make it. Then some time goes by. Honey, I'm thirsty. Maybe something to drink. Um, you can go get that yourself. <laughs> Honey, I'm hungry. Are you gonna make me? Are you gonna make me a sandwich? You know where the stuff is in the fridge. Go ahead. And so what? What came so naturally? Now it's a struggle because why? The feeling are not there. The feelings are not there. So we had the feelings this week. They were there. We're crying out. We lie here weeping between porch and altar. Pour out your spirit or your sons and your daughter. We were just declaring and it felt great. I mean, I saw y'all, I saw people running around, dancing around. I said, why? I didn't know they could do a step. Praise the Lord. So conservative. Praise God. Something about when you cry out to the Lord. Everything just begins to move. But what happens when you don't, you don't feel like weeping and crying out before the altar? What happens when you don't feel a hallelujah in your mouth or praise God in your spirit? What happens then? See, that's the attitude that God is after today. That's us breaking barriers, that we're not going by how we feel. Because your feelings can lead you astray. Your feelings can destroy you if they're not put in check. Okay? They could put you in a place of, of destruction if you're not careful. That's why so many people get confused and so many people get confused about their identity and about their orange hair because I feel this. Your feelings will lead you right to hell. That's why he said this walk is by faith. You have to command your feelings to line up with your faith. I don't feel like praying. Well, I'm going to pray anyway. Father, in the name of Jesus. I don't feel anything, but Lord, you said to pray, and I'm going to pray. Come on, this is the moment where you don't, I don't shoot. I'm the pastor. This morning, I don't feel like coming to church. I'm like, Lord, it's been a long week. So much stuff has happened, but I'm coming to your house. 
Come on, you got to command yourself. You got to speak to yourself. Sometimes you got to look in your mirror and say, self, you're going to do what God said to do. I know, you don't, I know you feel like going the other way, but you're going to go this way. You're going to go the Lord's way today. You have to have that type of resolve and, and, and that type of tenacity in yourself. So in order for us to take into the red zone, there are three things that we have to do. God is calling us to live in 3D. Say 3D. Uh-huh. You have to have 3D living. I love when we go to movies and we see 3D movies. Amen. Because with 3D movies, everything just comes out at you. Everything is just up in your face. Everything is just bold. Everything is just out there. You can't miss anything. It's like everything is just panoramic for you to see. And that's the type of life that Christ is calling us to live. He wants us to live a 3D life. Amen? 3D. So let's go and understand what God has to say about us living a 3D life. Amen? He, he wants us to live bold. He wants us to, to be audacious in our faith. This is not the time for you to shrink back and be a coward. This is time for you to be bold. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He does not come upon you for you to shiver, for you to quake, for you to speak in tongues, for you just to feel good. He's come upon you to give you power to be his witness. God has called us to be a witness in the earth, to be a light. Brother Ogle did a magnificent job. I'm not going to touch it, but he said, Lord, light me up. If you didn't hear it, go on the web, download the app, and hear it. It's a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So God wants us to lie. He wants us to be the light of the world. But if we're going to live in 3D, the first thing we have to do is seal the deal. We have to seal the deal. When they hire a football player, there's a contract that is filled out. Before the football player can start playing in the game, he has to seal the deal. He has to sign on the contract. And God wants us to seal the deal. The deal is the contract. It's the promise. What's the promise? Where's the promise at? The promise is in the scripture. It's in the word of God. This is our deal. This is our promise. This is the thing that he has in store for us. He wants us to seal the deal. Now, the great thing about God's deal, there are no expiration dates. (laughs) So you don't have a three-year contract. You have an eternal contract. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's no trading. You have to worry about being traded. Amen. Because he'll get you in shape every time. Amen. No one is left behind. God wants us to seal the deal. Now, when we look at the contract, the contract talks about the player's position. What is his role? He's going to be a running back, a quarterback, defense. What is he going to be? It talks about the role. It talks about the purpose. It talks about the conduct. It talks about even your holding up your end of the bargain. See, as Christians, we have a bargain to uphold too. Jesus gave his life, so guess what we have to give? Our lives. That's the contract. We have to seal the deal. We have to make sure that our heart is at right with God, at peace with God. Have you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life today? Are you straddling the fence? Because this is the time for you to fully commit yourself to Christ. This is the year. Don't wait another day, another hour, another minute without committing yourself to Christ. As we read the scripture this morning, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He wants to save you today. So make sure that you have sealed the deal this morning. Once you seal the deal, the next thing is be fully devoted. Be fully devoted. 
God wants you to be devoted. We talk about devoted, devoted to the team. What's the team? Your brothers and sisters. We stood around this altar on Thursday night. We took communion as a brothers and sisters, as a family of God. We are committed to the purpose of Christ. We're committed to seeing the Lord say. We're committed to being world changers. We're committed to being thermostats and not thermometers. We're, we're committed to being the people who God has chosen to do great things for him. Be fully devoted. Are you sold out to Jesus? Are you sold out to the purpose? Are you sold out to his vision? This is not the time to hold back. But this is the time to go forth. When we talk about being devoted, that means that no man is an island. You cannot do it by yourself. And if you think you do it by yourself, you are deceived, my brother and my sister. God made a body. He didn't make one, he didn't make one person. He made a body. That means it's time for us to do things together. That's why he wants us to be unified together through the bond of peace. That is God's heart. That is the heart of the Father, that we will be one. Are you fully devoted today? That's living in 3D. Are you fully devoted to the call of God? Because we need each other. We need each other. We need to be committed. I mean, it's nothing like someone who's fully devoted. It's nothing like someone who, who, who is sold out, who is passionate, a person who just wants to do what the team needs to get done. Amen? So God's calling us to be fully devoted. And last but not least, he's calling us to move with determination. See, we, some of us have sealed the deal. We're devoted, but we're not determined. Any little problem come up, you get discouraged and you turn back. Someone look at you funny. I ain't coming to church no more. They looked at me funny. The usher breath stink. Something. Just make up something. She wore my shoes to church. I ain't coming to church. And we just make up these type of stories. And we trick ourselves. Uh-huh. We trick ourselves. Someone had a one-off day, and you want to stop going to church like you're doing God a favor by going to church. We need the church. God put it here for us. Amen? So we could come together and worship him together. Move with determination. Where is your drive? Where is your boldness? Where is your tenacity? I mean, are you ready to take this mountain? Are you ready to go forth this year? Or it's just like, yeah, yeah, great things. God has his sword. Yeah, Brother Jonathan, I, I think I'm going to make it. Yeah, I'm here. But you have no drive. You have no, you're not determined. You're not focused. You don't have a, a singleness of vision. And what happens is you get distracted. Some of the word distracted is to distract, to take you off of track. And so that's what happens. You, you start out on the right path. The next thing you know, you're somewhere over here. Because you've been distracted. You've been taken off of course. When you have determination, no matter what comes in front of you, you push that thing out the way because you're focused on the goal. The goal is to take it to the end zone. The goal is to make the goal is to go all the way with the Lord. The goal is not to turn back. That's what God wants from us today. Are we going to move with determination? Look, at God will give you what you need to win. You say, but look at me, I don't have that much. I'm not as educated. 
I don't have this. I don't have the money. I don't have the clothes. I don't have the job. I wasn't raised that way. Look at me. Look at It's just, and woe is me. And everything is about me, 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 me. Still focused on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For that 40 minutes. <laughs> and sometimes we deal with that. Are we going to be determined this year that nothing's going to stop me? Tell your neighbor, nothing's going to stop me. Oh, that was so weak. Try somebody else. That nothing. Uh-huh. That's right. Come on. Nothing's going to... You have to have that resolve. Come hell, come high water, nothing is going to stop me. Amen? Nothing's going to stop me. You have to believe that today, that nothing's going to stop you, that you're going to go all the way in the Lord. Amen? God wants us to focus on the win today. I'm pretty sure when they play their, their, their game this evening, they're going to come out focused. They have their team plan. They know how they're going to win it. They have their strategy in place. And they both think, I'm going to win. I'm going to get my goal. I'm going to take it to the end zone. I'm going to go, go, go get a touchdown. I'm going to make a goalie. I'm going to make a score. But only one wins. Only one wins. And as we read in the scripture, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We have to run to win. We have to run to win. Someone's running, we just running. Like we just going on jogging. No, no, no. You have to run to win. God wants us to run to win today. He wants us to have that determination. But pastor, I, I, I let God down. You can't let God down because you were never holding him up. I let God down. I can't do it. No. You didn't let God down. You were never holding him up. He's God all by himself. God wants you today to trust him today. Have that faith today. That faith is active belief in God. That what he's spoken is going to happen. And that God is calling us to take it to the end zone. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. He wants us to live in 3D today. Some of you haven't sealed the deal. He's calling you to seal the deal today. You're here because he wants you to seal the deal. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He doesn't just want just a part. My old bishop said he wants all of your hearts. He wants you today. Some of you need to seal the deal. Some of you need to be fully devoted. He's calling you to be fully devoted today. To say, okay, I'm sold out to the purpose. I'm sold out for the team. We're going to have a win for Jesus. I'm going to commit myself to this church. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to be a part of what God has called me to be a part of. Something bigger than I. It's time for you to be devoted. And then for last, some of us, we need that determination. We, we, we seal the deal. We're devoted. But we get so distracted. Ain't little thing comes. Ain't, ain't little thing comes after us. We just... Entity loose focus. And God is saying he wants you to have a drive today. He wants you to be determined today. That no matter if you have the feelings to go with it, or you don't have the things at all, but by faith you're taking that step forward today. So he's calling us to move forward today. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as 
to get the prize. God wants you to have the prize today. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Are you pressing today? Are you pressing? Years ago, someone made an acronym for the word press. And the word press was push rigorously every day, sacrificing Push rigorously every day, sacrificing self. Because you learn that even as these athletes who play tonight, it's not about them. If they go outside of the plan, they'll mess it up for the whole team. So even when they want to go left, but the plan says to go right, they still got to go right. Because they devote it. No matter how you feel, Lord, whatever you want, I'm going to do what you call me to do. And I'm going to be fully devoted to you today. Fire has to close your eyes. Hallelujah. God is calling us to take it to the end zone today. He's calling us to live in 3D. He's calling us to come out of that place of just making it in the red zone. But now he said, I want you to take it to the end zone. I want you to go all the way. We've seen so many mistakes in the scriptures when the Israelites had an opportunity to go all the way, to take it to the end zone. But they got stuck. They got distracted. They lost their devotion. They lost their determination. But God is saying now today, gathering church, my brother, my sister, what are you going to do? Are you going to go all the way with the Lord? Or are you just going to fade out in the red zone? It's time to take it to the end zone. If that's your prayer today, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to go all the way with the Lord. Amen. I just want you to come up to the front this morning. Come up to the altar this morning. Hallelujah. This is your time. You say, well, I prayed, I did this, I did this, I did that. Some of you need to rededicate yourself afresh. myself to you afresh today, Father. I'm going to seal the deal. I want to be fully devoted. And I'm going to move with determination. Hallelujah. Father, you see each and every person that's standing before you, Lord. Father, I'm praying for my brother and my sister this morning. Even as they're whispering their prayers up to heaven, Lord. You hear their hearts. You see them at the point of their knees. And I'm asking you, Father, right now in the name of Jesus to meet them. Some of them need to seal the deal. Oh, God, some of them say, Lord, I want to be fully devoted to the call. I want to be fully devoted to the purpose of, of your body. I, I want to be sold out for you. And some are saying, I want to move with determination that no matter what happens, I'm going all the way with the Lord. I'm going all the way with Jesus. So, Father, right now, I'm believing you, oh God, to do a work by your power of your Holy Spirit. 
and each and every one that's on this altar and those who are sitting in their seats today, that we will be that people, oh God, that will go all the way with the Lord. We will be that people, oh God, who will run that we might win, oh God. That we're not running aimlessly. We're not running just to run, but we're running to obtain the prize. That prize is you, God. We're running after you. We're running after you, God. Because we want more of you in our lives. We want to live the life that you have called us to live. That abundant life that's only found in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you. And we praise you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, declare the song, I give myself away. As you go back to your seat. I give myself away. Come on, worship team.